0: Welcome to Talk 30 to me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life my kid is an asshole, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So we're here with our guest, Veronica Tolentino. and... I'm I'm excited to have this conversation because we've already been talking for 20 minutes, unbeknownst (laughs) to our listeners. And it's we have we've already I felt like I known you for my whole life.
1: Um. Yeah. We (laughs) maybe we did know each other.
0: Maybe we did. That's if your life started 30 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) It might have because I'm 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 approaching 24 hours of being awake, so I don't know. I might have died and come back to life. But I'm um, really excited to have a conversation with you. So I, I really want to get to know, and I want our listeners to get to know you. So give me a little bit of background. Give us, I guess, a little bit of background about Veronica. Like, who is Veronica?
1: Oh, that is that's an intense question. Well, I am 34 years old. I live in Whittier, California. I've lived there my entire life save for maybe two years when I lived in Norwalk. But those are two years that I'd like to forget. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Except for the fact that that, that was <laughs> right after I got married and went to live with my husband in his hometown for a minute. Norwalk. Which was, uh, yes. And he is proud 90650 or 90650. He's like 90650 forever. I- I'm digressing a little bit. Yeah, I-, I the reason I mentioned Whittier is because my hometown is very important to me and I feel like... Um, has a lot to do with who I am today. And I I went to school there. I went to high school. I went to college, Whittier College, which is a private liberal, art, liberal arts school. And then I opened our Dude Be Nice headquarters in Whittier also. We just Want to give back to the community that gave me so much.
0: So what is Dude Be Nice? Uh, You mentioned it now. I have to know. (laughs) What is Dude Be Nice?
1: Dude Be Nice is, uh, quick elevator speech, is a social good clothing company. We basically exist, we hope, to inspire people to treat themselves and others better. And the way that we do that is through making sure that we have integrity and are promoting positivity in every aspect of our business, including our product. And we also create content that we hope inspires
0: people as well. So that's interesting. I mean, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of clothing companies now coupled with a mission. It's like Mm -hmm. um, almost a given when you have a new clothing company launch. It's like, okay, we're doing uh, eco-friendly or uh, environmentally responsible, Mm -hmm. uh, 100% life cycle uh, you know, no waste type deals. I don't know if and, it's a
2: given because some of these teacher companies, people just have an idea for designing. Oh, yeah. Out,
0: you you know? got those. Those are a dime a dozen, but I'm saying now with the, with the entrepreneur. You're seeing of, it
1: more often. Yeah. 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 You're seeing
0: it a lot more often now. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to challenge you here. What yeah. makes your Dude Be Nice project so much different than all the other stuff out there?
1: I think this word is used a lot, but to keep it absolutely 100 is authenticity. Mm. I mean, our brand was born from a real deep desire and passion to create positive change. This was four years ago, maybe before it was feeling a little more like on the minds of people. I feel like it's very much top of mind considering... Our current political climate, mm. but you know, I have a background. I spent ten years in nonprofit development. Wow! So my and that was
0: essentially fundraising, right? Yeah, fund okay. fundraising. My yeah. wife does that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, It's a hard job, but I, I mean, I've worked in a variety of organizations serving a wide variety of populations, and so empathy has just always been really important to me. And I wanted to bring that to whatever I did, and same for the CEO and every single person. I meticulously higher. (laughs) Um, It's just very important. And it means it means everything to us. And we do the work every day to not just capitalize on selling t shirts based on words like we go out and do the work.
0: And that makes a lot of sense. You got to stick to it, especially nowadays, I think people are looking for something that's true to form in terms of if I'm going to buy this, I want to make sure that uh, they're committed to the cause. Now, maybe that's not entirely true but there's a lot more social responsibility behind consumerism now than there was let's say I guess you could say five years ago oh yeah we've come a long way in that regard
1: oh big time big time and I I have which is why I mean that's the education and um, experience that I bring to our brand so I mean four or five years ago five years ago I was still working in my old career doing nonprofit development at the age of 30, I got married and was like, I, "I this is not for me anymore. This career isn't for me. I just like had this weird epiphany. And I'd always had an obsession with people's personal style, not fashion per se, like big brands or high fashion. I was just always obsessed with the way that people express themselves through what they wore. So I went into fashion and I was just amazed at what I learned.
2: So what, what about the- cost and oh.
1: <laughs> damage to the environment and oh, all wow. of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I want to go back to the transitional phase because you yeah. got, at thirty, you got married and you changed your career. Yeah. So you go from the nonprofit and doing fundraising to yeah. Essentially, I mean, what was your background in fashion to that point?
1: Um. What the fuck I wore? <laughs> that, so that was, was it. That it. Was a okay. basic. Yeah. That's my- a good
2: starting point. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: My my interest, my personal interest, and yeah, my yeah. I mean, since I was a small child, I was like going into my mom's closet mm-hmm. and like reconstructing her clothes, she, like. She would get pretty upset about that because she'd find like her clothes all cut up and stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. But, <laughs> shit,
2: that'd be pretty. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> in your childhood.
0: Huh? <laughs>
1: yeah, many chanclas, Um, That's for sure. Lots of pinching, arm oh, pinching. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry, mom. Just keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. So it was always like very much, I don't know, just a part of who I was. Like, Wanting to try different things, dyeing my hair, c- cutting it super short, and, you know, I don't know, cutting my jeans, making my, you know, buying something at a vintage store and, like, redesigning it and taking it to a tailor and yeah. just being ex- exploratory. Is yeah. that a word?
2: Yeah. Okay. At, we can say it is. I'm <laughs> kind of the same way, but not with clothing, just with, like, things. Like, I like to creatively destruct and make my own things. Yeah. Like, you know, my own hard drive holder or my own... yeah. You know whatever, yeah, but uh, so I completely understand that mm-hmm. so was it was it a difficult transition to just kind of like go from something you've been doing for ten years so mm-hmm. I'll go on a ledge and say going from everything that you knew up to that point and just going completely left field with your career mm-hmm. what was that what was that change like for you?
1: That change was uh insane. I will say this i I wasn't afraid i was i felt like. Uncertain and not uh, I'm not one hundred percent confident, but I was like eighty percent confident. I mean, I just knew that this was the right decision, and I have always felt this is like sounds very cliche, but I'm being real. I have always <laughs> felt like something much like something really big was calling me. Mm-hmm. Always, like my whole life, I've always felt like I was going to be a part of something really, really big and very, very influential and possibly something that would create like a lasting impact far after I was like gone from this earth which sounds very dramatic but up until my like my last 2 months at in my previous career I would like cry feeling like this thing was calling me and I just like I didn't know where it was or what direction to go in and that to me was more stressful than once I quit and was moving in the direction I felt like I needed to go in so I got an internship I went from being like a manager And very experienced and like very much knowing my job and knowing my career to being like an intern making nothing an hour um, at a clothing company called Reformation, which is a sustainable women's line.
2: And this is assuming this is when you're trying to save for your wedding.
1: Well, we had we had just gotten married.
2: Oh, okay. So it was after you got married. So
1: it was right after I got married, which was really tough for my husband who's like very practical. Oh, I bet. And has been in the same he he owns his own business. He does um he specializes in flooring, so he's okay. a contractor. Very practical, very reasonable, which is why I love him. <laughs> very like straight shooter type of guy we get married and i'm like i'm going to quit my job.
2: And he's like are you
1: fucking crazy? Are you are you insane? Yeah. Like we have incredible benefits. You got a great check coming in like mm-hmm. This is dumb. But there was no stopping me.
0: So what catalyzed the whole i need to i need something to change. Obviously the last 2 months you alluded to the fact that you weren't happy. Mm-hmm. What really put those feelings into action? and spurred the change. I mean that just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, overnight that fear just doesn't disappear, right? What 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 did it for you?
1: You know, I really do think t- turning 30 and then getting married, it all it felt like all this transition and I was like where am I what am I transitioning into? Like what happens after this? I think that I I just felt like I couldn't waste any more time. Mm. So I, I really think it was as simple as that. Like, this had been brewing in the back of my mind for years. But I was like, I could always talk my, my way, like, away from it. Oh, you don't have the experience. Why would you start over in fashion? Sure. Like, yeah. why would you do that? That's weird. You don't, like, know enough. And
2: Well, let me ask. Was this something that was kind of in the back of your mind when you are like, an undergrad? Where you studied something that might have been a little more practical. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to go a different direction. You didn't see how that path would work out.
1: Hmm. You know... I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I studied sociology.
2: So pretty broad. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's that's out there.
1: (laughs) So, you know. And now you're a business owner. Okay. Got it. (laughs) You know what? I, I, you know, I would say another sort of obsession of mine was always like individual and individuals like tendencies. And, like, behaviors based on, like, the environment they grow up in. Mm-hmm. And then the way they, like, sort of interact with their community based on that. So I think it made sense that I, like, needed to study sociology. Yeah. And it has absolutely helped me far more than any other, I don't know, major I could have studied, to be honest.
2: Yeah. I was just curious because I know for me in undergrad it was a little... I I bounced around a lot. I ended up in sociology also. But I, I was always drawn to the arts and the creative ventures. But I... It, it was never something i could see as a as a career it was only something that i could see as like a hobby or maybe even like a side gig if i was lucky and it wasn't until after i graduated i was like you know what fuck it i'm doing it i'm starting a label and i just kind of went went yeah. all the way in and kind of blind failed miserably but still i just went and <laughs> did it you know yeah
1: and that failure is still worth everything
2: yeah absolutely you know so i was just curious like if if it's something that you just been continually working towards and just got yeah. to a, like a boiling point of like you know what like you said that i don't have any more time i'm turning 30 yeah might as well do it now yeah i was just wondering how long it had been kind of brewing
1: you know it had it had been brewing but there really wasn't i hadn't put any action toward it just like being honest i just mm. i wasn't like i mean i would read books you know about you know fashion and articles and following designers who are now really big i'd be following indie designers back then and I always had, I was always like a little more attracted to people who had like raw personalities and were really like open and vulnerable. So I wasn't like, oh, I was always obsessed with Chanel. Like that mm. was not yeah, my yeah. vibe. But I was, I have always had a fascination with creative, like unapologetic, very creative people who would be like sacrifice everything for their creativity. Yeah. I know there's like a a lot of Latinas are very like enamored with Frida Kahlo and -hmm. I have like a very, like a lifelong, I feel like relationship with her because she was also someone who lived a very tortured life, but brilliant and Mm. before her time. And I was always like, what an incredible life to live.
0: But for a lot of creative people, it's hard for them to step away from convention and just take a full dive into their endeavor. And I level with you. I look at these creative types, and and I'm not. I'm the farthest thing from yeah. creative. I'm inventive to an extent. I'm good with creating things, but I'm not creative. If that makes any sense, hmm. I will. You're, make You're probably
1: creative.
0: I will make something. <laughs> I will make something better, but uh-huh. it already has to exist.
1: That's that's still creativity. I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't consider that creative. I Consider that more like maybe resourceful. Maybe. And making something better, I I might be creative. I don't peg myself as creative just because I never really thought about it like that. But I look at these more. <laughs> okay, I'll give you the cop. I think you're more innovative okay, with what's, there what's existing. Yeah. Okay. I look at these artistic types, these creative types, these people that really design and they mm-hmm. make and they just pull things out of the out of the. Depths of their soul or their brain or whatnot, and I look at them and I'm like, man, I cannot relate to your lifestyle, mm-hmm. your habits, <laughs> yeah, or anything yeah. that you do. But it's so intriguing to me. It's like yeah. you know, I, I I can't get it, but I really admire that you can latch onto that, right? And you can actually turn that into something that you like doing. That's very inspiring and that's very wow. impressive.
1: Thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm reading this book, or I was reading this book. I read like two chapters. Chapters. I mean, it's a start. Just, it's a start, but uh, it's called "Be So Good They Can't Ignore You." Oh yeah, have you guys heard of this? Steve book? Martin,
2: right? Or no, is that something by Steve, Seth Godin?
1: Not Steve Martin, the comedian.
2: Yeah, that was one of his quotes. He writes books.
1: Oh yes, so the author took the quote uh, and made a book out of made it. Made a book out of it. Um, but it's this idea that you sort of already have a talent for something. And, and then, uh, like it, that's like coupled with a passion. So that's why you're successful. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't just be passionate and creative. Like you have to work really fucking hard. And that's why people succeed because they are like thinking about their work yeah. and doing the work every day and not just like, I drew this beautiful picture and now I'm a millionaire. That's just like not mm-hmm. how it works. A
0: yeah, pipe dream. Yeah. Right. But so No, I'm sorry I cut you off.
1: No, that, that was the end of my thought.
2: Oh, okay, great. So <laughs> on to my thought. And you bring up a good point because without without the work, purpose and passion really mean nothing. And Correct. I think that's the biggest farce, as Turg likes to say. Purpose and passion aren't enough to be something that you dive into. And I think the idea of pursuing a passion is just an empty sentiment. I think there has to be something that you like, an interest of some sort, a starting point. And then you pursue it with vigor or passion or whatever word you want to use to describe Mm -hmm. it. But to say, I pursue a passion, I think is the biggest lie that we're telling our kids, especially going into undergrad and wasting a quarter million dollars on a passion as a major in journalism or whatever. And it's just like, no, it has to be deeper than that. And
0: you have to put the work behind the, uh, curriculum. I yeah, that's the one problem that I had with the education system that we currently have, which I think it really fails us. And we're kind of going off on a tangent, but real quick to capture my my sentiment on how fucking stupid schooling is nowadays. We take it more as a, okay, if we do this, we're going to get this as a result. It's more of a I I put in this time and effort, right. and then I don't have to do anything else No, that's after the that.
2: lie that was told
0: to us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm that's, going with that's this. Not- right? <laughs> you're absolutely 100% right. And we go back to this, and we've talked about this before. That's not how it should be, and you're absolutely right. We need more depth. We need to know what we want. The only problem is... I think we're 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 asked to do that when we're far too young to understand what it is that makes us us. Oh yeah. That's absolutely. And
2: so you doing it at 30, I think is it one puts you in a position where every step you take is far more purposeful and has much more intention behind it because you've already known what you don't like or what you can't handle anymore from the last 10 years of experience. Right. And now moving forward, I think your growth that you've seen in the last four years with Dude Be Nice is exponential only because you've already known what isn't gonna work.
1: Oh yeah. and I, I think that there's also an element of luck that comes into this, like chance being somewhere at the mm. right time. I don't know because this is my thing. It was like like my experiences, you know, my dad owns his own business. A lot of I have three brothers, two two out of my three brothers work with my dad. My other brother has his own business. You know, I met my husband. He has his own business. So there's always been this like energy around me of like people just going for it. But my dad was always someone that was like, you know, my dad grew up in the projects in East LA. He doesn't even have a high school diploma. Mm. And he built a multi-million dollar company on just hustle. But he was always like, get an education and like do something that's gonna make you some money. That was like his thing. It was like very simple, like work hard and go build a business or attach yourself to something that you think is going to be successful. But I, at the time, when I was younger, I was like, I want to save the world, Dad. And he was like, oh, my God, no, don't. <laughs> just go work. Go be a CEO or something. Um, so I feel like that experience, plus having the 10 years in nonprofit, and then after leaving my job, realizing that there, there was this opportunity for me to join a company that like was Basically, the perfect intersection of all of my experiences in education, which was building a fashion brand that had a mission. It was like a that it Fortuitous. Just, yeah I, yeah I, you know what I mean like not everybody is gonna come across that at the right time and I don't know maybe I, I like manifest I it. What are you saying?
0: You're absolutely right, and there is a little bit of luck. I don't think it's luck; it's you putting forth the effort and the attention mm. focused on what you wanted, and, yeah. and and that's I mean we talk about energy and all that. We throw that word around. (laughs) Um, It it really is, in in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, your focus had Mm. changed entirely. You are now not really looking at this as an option. It is the end result.
1: Yes, I can totally. That makes all the sense to me.
0: That's the thing. I think when we really put that effort and attention to something that we really want, I think we, we do it. Mm -hmm. Because all this opportunity, we're really fortunate to be out here, I I guess, in LA and to have all this opportunity with all the diversity and all these great minds and and people that are really just go-getters that can afford us these opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. And the great thing about it is it sounds like you were in line with a lot of people who wanted to help. Put your mission and put you and inspire you and give you that extra leg up, right? They might Mm -hmm. not have paid you well enough for it, but (laughs) they they sure as hell took a chance on you. They definitely did not
1: pay me well enough for it, which is surprising.
0: I mean, ten years of experience and you go from like being the shit to you know being nothing. That takes one a lot of courage, two a lot of faith in yourself to execute. Plus, I think with the fact that you probably knew that. If you didn't succeed, it was gonna hurt in a lot more ways than you can possibly imagine, not financially speaking, but in terms of like just confidence, pride, self worth, all yeah. that, right?
1: You are in my head right now. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I feel like I'm in a therapy session.
0: It's funny because I think at 30, we all kind of go through this mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. It's transformative. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we might not necessarily realize until we have that crossroads. We have that catalyst that puts everything into perspective and aligns all of our emotions, our thoughts, everything that we've really been actively working toward, but we just didn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until that moment where we can confidently say, "All right, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on myself, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I could probably do this if I put the focus and energy into it." But it's taking that leap of faith. I yeah. think that that was probably one of the things that I mean. As as we're talking, I, I'm like, you know what? That was your that was your thing.
1: There no regrets when I like drove off uh, away from my last my old career I mean I got I went into the parking garage it was my last day I didn't feel I'm generally an extremely sentimental person I (laughs) felt zero sadness I didn't feel tied to it at all I was like yes finally like I'm free to like go find my thing myself like I'm closer to it now and I like laughed maniacally like that is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was kind of scary. I was the only one in my car, thank God. <laughs> the only one in the parking garage at the time, but
0: so you thought allegedly, <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
1: allegedly. But I yeah, and I was like, great. In two weeks, I'm going to start as an intern. At 30 years old. So
2: you already had the internship lined yeah. up before oh, you left. Yeah, yeah. I did. Okay. I did. Okay, so I want okay, to go okay. back to the origin. Like, what came first? Did you just take the, the chicken or it? the egg. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it, for me, it was more of a fear thing. Like, okay, where was the fear there? There was no mention of, she was laughing. She's this chick's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> also, <You know>? that. <laughs> also that. Also <laughs> that. But really, I mean, uh, a lot of times when we talk to people, it's, it's, The fear element and then clairvoyance. You know, there's that intermediate step. Mm -hmm. You didn't have that. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Elaborate on that and why and how. Okay, let me rephrase. Did that move out of your job catalyze the internship and did that mentality shift and then you got the internship or did the internship come along and then your mentality shifted?
1: No, I was like, I mean, if my old boss is listening, I'm sorry, but my last. She's probably not listening.
0: (laughs) You'll never know. Not her kind of thing. We'll make sure we find her. We can block people, don't worry. (laughs) I was thinking the exact opposite. Hold on.
1: (laughs) For months, I was just, I was laser focused on finding something. I went on several Um, interviews for jobs and internships in the fashion industry specifically. So I had already Hmm. made up my mind and then was looking, looking, looking for something because I was like, either I'm just going to quit. And spend all my time looking for something or I'm going to find something before I leave. But I w- I knew I was running out of time because there was like not much longer I could stand like spending my days there.
2: So were you looking like entry-level jobs and then just progressively as time went on further down to like admin assistant to intern? Or- oh,
1: I was looking for anything and everything. I mean, I was even applying for non-entry-level positions because I was like, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Like could- This job description sounds like something I can do because yeah. I have 10 years of work experience. Right. Um, and I asked around, like, it was crazy because there were all of these things that would happen. Like I'd made my mind up. I'm looking, I'm going to look for a, a job in fashion. And I started going to this new yoga class and
0: is it yoga phenomenal?
1: It's the best. I love it. It's, it's everything.
0: <laughs> I, I I had to do it in
2: college I had, when yeah. I, but it was a 5am requirement Oh, and it's so, different when you're yeah, forced it's into it. Yeah. yeah.
0: But anyway,
1: yeah. But anyway, so I go into this yoga class and the teacher was like, can we all go around and introduce ourselves? And there was a guy that introduced himself to the class who was working at a local, very big e-commerce company that I'd been like looking into getting a job with for a really long time. I oh. didn't get a job with them, but it was like, <laughs> it was this remind. Like, it, was, it like- was like, again, it was like another sign that, you know, I because I, I went up to him after the class and I said, hey, I'm thinking about changing careers. Like, do you have any advice for me? And I'm asking advice from someone who's like fucking <laughs> like ten years younger Dang. than me, you know. And How he was like, honestly, How oh, oh it, every, it's totally
0: humbling. Ten like, years younger than it, you, and he has I'm a like, big e-commerce I'm like,
1: company. T- he worked for a big, he oh, he for for a big, big e-commerce company. E- yeah, and I was like, t- yeah, and I was like, t- t- yeah. t- tell me, I need some advice, you know. And he's like, honestly, they're If you're looking for internships or entry level positions, they just want people who are like capable, like just ca- they can depend on. They're smart people, and I'm like, okay, then i can that's me i can yeah. be that so um i would get these little like boosts even though that like tiny conversation doesn't seem like that exciting to you mm-hmm. guys for me at the time i was like oh this is more reassurance like yeah i'm gonna be good <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> but then the
1: internship came along honestly it was my dream inter- in- internship really yeah it was like if if i could have picked any place to intern it, intern it would have been a re- reformation and i got it wow. um so I got lucky, but you know, I started there and it was like extremely uncomfortable to be like a 30 year old around a bunch of like women who are much younger than me, mm-hmm. but like established in their fashion careers. It was just really odd and, and I learned a lot there and I, I also learned a lot about what I didn't like about the fashion industry, like being on the inside of it. So I was like, hmm, how can I find something that is still creative or I can still build a brand and build something that's my own, but like maintain a, like a real purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like less than a year later is when I'm, I had a conversation with Brent, who's the CEO at Do Be Nice. And he was like, I'm doing the damn thing. I'm leaving my job too. I oh. was like making a bajillion dollars as a marketing executive. And he was like, I'm going to quit my job and do this full time.
2: Wow. And I was like, all right. So, I was gonna say, was it straight from internship to Dude Be Nice thing? No,
1: I hopped around a little bit. I like, I was consulting for Dude Be Nice, and then, um, but I was at Reformation, and then my internship ended, and then I was like at this high end consignment store thing in Pasadena, which was really cool. And then I was at Paxson HQ for a minute as a temp, um, which was also a great learning experience. And then, um, geez, that was it.
2: And then Dude and Be then Nice Dude, came
1: out. Dude Be Nice. Yeah. So that was four years ago.
0: So you mentioned that you uncovered a lot about what you didn't like about the fashion Mm -hmm, industry. mm -hmm. I'm curious if that kind of validated your mission in terms of wanting to go in a certain direction. Because you also mentioned that you had these little micro moments of just momentum boosters, like Mm -hmm. keep keep me going, keep me going. Was that one of those, you know, where you uncovered something you didn't like and you're like, shit, this really affirms kind of like what I want to do.
1: There were constant, like, there were constant momentum boosters. And it's like, it's hard to track all of them, but certainly when I was in my old career, when I was in my old career, I was like, I know that I want to go into fashion and I need to just do this. And then I went into fashion. And then as I moved through it, I, I, my like thought, my vision of where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be in this industry, yeah, started getting narrower and narrower and narrower and like clearer and clearer. And then at a certain point, I was like, I want to do my own thing. Like, I want to be a leader. And and it was weird because I would find myself saying things like, "Well, um, when I have my own business one day, like I want to be this kind of boss." Mm. Without even like having a like, I even before it was a serious thought to be like running my own business. Yeah, it would just be like, "Oh, I have to I have to remember to be like a better boss than this," or, "Yeah, um, you know, do this kind of thing for my employees," or. Uh, it was weird. I I just, it was all, it was like these kinds of things were already coming into my mind. And then, especially when I was at Sun, I was like, I, I think it was also because the dude be nice option was there. I was like, Oh, I could really be a part of building something. And then I don't know, it just all made sense. All of the thoughts I'd been having over the last year were like, Oh shit. It was leading me to like this very moment. So I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. So I was like, basically the, First employee, technically, because Brent was doing it on his own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I knew then what I know now about how difficult it Uh, is to build
0: a business. That's always the case, right? Yeah. If we had that hindsight, we could have afforded ourselves so much more time, effort, energy, stress, loss of sleep. Uh But that's not what makes it sweet. You know, (laughs) what makes sweet is that fight. (laughs) And that's why I think it's so important to remember kind of to what you were saying to not only be a better boss, but to to kind of do what you're doing with the clothing line and give back. Mm -hmm. Be socially impactful and, Mm -hmm. and socially mindful because you know what it takes to get to a certain place. You can reinvest that into the community and into what you're doing mm-hmm. as a way of kind of giving back. So that's actually really unique mantra. I just hope that you guys stick to it mm-hmm. because as time goes on, it's, you know, it gets harder and harder and harder to commit to the things that you say you're going to do. But hopefully you can keep yourself accountable to the point where y- you can make good on, on your mantra. And
1: Yeah. I, I, this, it sounds like a, 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 Maybe, I don't know, like never saying everything, but like that would never happen. (laughs) It would just wouldn't happen. I mean, there have been so many things even in the last four years where we could have sacrificed integrity or mindfulness Mm. for a paycheck. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do that. That doesn't mean enough to me. Or even recently decisions we've made about you know inclusion and representation and i'm like nope i'm not bending i'm not going to do that and then that that me not bending presents a bigger issue but i'm like i'd rather deal with that issue than not staying committed to inclusion and empathy and representation and all the things that are very important to me so it's if it's fucking impossible it would just wouldn't happen i would like <laughs> sooner quit and go back to nonprofit or like
0: work someplace else i feel that I think it speaks to the t- um, to the power of branding and how important staying true to what you say really is. Mm-hmm. Because being an authentic brand, I think nowadays is just as important as selling a good product. Yeah, because in my opinion, and this is again just my opinion, <laughs> I could be buying a shitty product but have a really authentic brand that I stand by and I know is doing good in some way, shape, or form. I'll support it, albeit not. Very much, but I will support it mm-hmm. just because I am also of the mindset that if I want to help make an impact, I want to get something back that I can actually use. yeah, and not have it sit in my drawer or on my shelf like a number of things in my garage. Your junk, and, your junk room? Th- no, it's gotten <laughs> better. It's really
1: not that bad. I've seen, worse
0: oh he actually cleaned this out so we have a space to do the podcast well, you know here. what it was just a whole bunch of boxes that i just didn't organize well but mm-hmm. yeah no there's there's a lot of stuff in here regardless <laughs> it, 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 in terms of branding and all that yeah it's very it, to me uh it's very important to have something that you can stand by and say yeah i support this brand and mm-hmm. i support what they do right and and being authentic i think really speaks to your integrity as a person Beyond anything else, because you represent the brand now,
1: right? it, i would I would rather be called anything else than be called fake or be called out on my lack of integrity. Mm. I would i if people think that, you know, I don't know. I mean, sh- you know, she's weird. she's uh, mean. She, I don't know whatever. I can't figure out. I don't know what people might say about me, but, um,
0: oh, we can tell you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we, we can tell We can find out. We'll find out.
1: I mean, the thing is, I'm a very straightforward person. I say what's on my mind. Not everyone likes that, and that's okay. But one thing no one can say about me is that I'm fake or that I, that I don't keep it real or keep it true and keep it 100 and stay committed to that every day, all day long.
0: Five years ago, did that matter as much to you as it does today?
1: Yes. And Mm. that's precisely why I feel like our business is in a good position right now because it's always, it's always mattered to me yeah it's sometimes can even be paralyzing and like i said it's like (laughs) it causes it can cause some issues like some delays in work because people are like we got to get this done and i'm like well we have to do it this way or else we're not doing it Uh,
0: see that's interesting because i think the the exact same way and a lot of people don't a lot of people are just like shoot first ask questions later right it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for Mm -hmm. permission all these things like all these like Mantras that don't make any sense to me, <laughs> yeah. right? Because me, same way. I'm a very um, integrity is a very integral part of my life, and and it makes me
1: integrity is integral.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> nice alliteration. <laughs> As of today, I'm starting a hip hop career, y'all. Find me on the streets. I'll be rapping those beats. What? Coming on oh. SoundCloud. Oh. Mic drop. Now I don't want to drop the mic, but you know what I mean. But. <laughs> <laughs> integrity is very important mm-hmm. uh, to me. And I, I can't, it, it's hard for me to work at a place where where I can't see eye to eye with that with that mentality. And that's why I feel like there's going to be a course correction for me sooner rather than later. I just I just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of going to let it ride out yeah, and see where that takes me. But talking to you, that's very inspiring. And that change is really, really prolific in terms of uh, the direction that you've taken with your life. Yeah. So on that note, um, I really want to encourage our followers if you guys have anything to share with us in terms of something that you've just gone cold turkey on your old job, just drop drop dead quit, started something new. We want to hear about that. I want I want to share that journey with the rest of our listeners. We want to hear from you. And please go to dudebe nice dot com, mm-hmm. find out more about everything Veronica is doing. <laughs> with a brand because, <laughs> or in my life or or in her you life know. and on that note if they want to learn more about <laughs> yeah. your life where can where can they find you
1: yeah so Uh Instagram is um, LA, and my personal Instagram is wearing that
0: wearing that I wish I got that one I want that one now. can, can I no, have it no, no. yours is Chi Chi <laughs> says no Chi Chi says no. no it's not gonna happen okay <laughs> And it is not. At Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. And Turg. You could find me on Instagram and Twitter at Turg says no. And please, please, please check out dudebeenice.com Support, show some love, check them out, and we'll definitely plug that in our show notes. So definitely stop by the blog and check that out as well. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. <laughs> okay. I have, like, a little bit of a head change.
2: I'm going to need to, like, slow it up on this so fine. We didn't even top you off. This is your first cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gonna be a
0: long day. For you. It's. You want you me know. to butcher it though? For real? Like? I you will.
1: don't have to pronounce it like with the accent.
0: Great. Okay. <laughs> and eyebrow. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. take can totally see the, the eyebrow. Rock <laughs> That's what I bring: quality
0: outtakes oh, <laughs> and clothing, apparently.
1: Oh, oh ew! And you brought it back.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Is uh, John going to be on the on the photo, Photographia? And remember, from this guy. Yes. Por favor. <laughs> So earlier
2: this morning he was taking pictures of us, and he was having a fit. He's like, "I just cleaned the garage, so this is clear for us." And he's standing there taking pictures of the mess behind us.
1: Juice eye?
2: Juice eye. Juice eye is the plural (laughs) of juice. Yeah, she's good. She's sharp. (laughs) (laughs) First general college grad, right here all day. Have planes going over. Oh, yeah, we oh. forgot to tell her about the planes. Are we near a yes, yes, small, mm-hmm, yeah, small? Oh. So it's small, low flying planes, and it just comes all over the audio. That's not really
0: bad. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the I swear to god, those
1: planes are disgusting, they have no boundaries, they don't even ask first,
2: <laughs>
0: they just do what they want. <laughs> I Typical mean, planes. Yeah, you'll see roofers. <laughs> you'll see roofers all over this neighborhood just waiting for planes to come all over. The audio. <laughs> the, the audio. <laughs> wow, guys. Oh shit. Drenched in plane audio. All right, let's
2: start.
1: This is turning into another
2: show.
0: Just, it's just, it'll, it'll make the show. It'll just be how I. Like- <laughs> just wait. He loves outtakes. He'll spend three hours hard. on the outtakes and like thirty minutes editing the show. I'll say, Randy, I didn't <laughs> want that in the episode. I don't care, but the outtakes were solid, bro. Did you hear them? <laughs> Did you hear the end? Did you wait all the way to the end though? Yeah. yeah where do? You,
1: what do you do with the outtakes?